This week on Don't Look Under the Bed, we are truly honored to chat all things hospitality with the president and CEO of the International Hospitality Institute, the global advocacy, training, and standards organization for the hospitality industry. Please welcome Dr. Jeffrey Obameji to Don't Look Under the Bed. Welcome to Don't Look Under the Bed. I'm Robin. And I'm Nikki. And today we are so thrilled to have with us the president and CEO of the International Hospitality Institute, Dr. Jeffrey Obameji. Jeffrey, welcome. Ladies, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. I, I'm quite excited about being on your show and thank you for all that you do on a daily basis and all the contact content that you put out uh, every week. So thank you. I'm a big fan of your show. Oh, thank uh, you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. It's like I'm fangirling over here. Like we haven't worked <laughs> together and I'm like, it's Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> so let me start here. Um, why should people choose a career in hospitality? Because hospitality is an amazing industry to work in. You get an opportunity to put a smile on people's faces, to make a difference, to serve. And all of those things to me are very noble. You get to help people. You have the little kid who comes into a hotel and is looking around in amazement, trying to figure out uh, where the restaurant is, where the mm -hmm. swimming pool is. You get to direct them to, uh, you know, to areas where they need to get to. And uh, it's just a great industry to work in. You know, you're like the person who's spreading joy, spreading happiness. And I can't uh, think of uh, an industry that, uh, there are a few industries that are noble. I think hospitality happens to be one of them. I think it's something that uh, anyone who's considering a career should have on, on their top five, three or top five list. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Talk to us a little bit about your journey and then how that leads you up to uh, being the president and CEO of the International Hospitality Institute. Okay. I actually did not start out thinking I was going to be working in the hotel industry. My old man, my dad wanted me to be an attorney. And uh, I thought I was going to be that, but that's not what I really wanted to be deep down. Yeah. I think he just wanted to live vicariously through me. And I denied him of that opportunity because I had no interest in law. I wanted to do other things. I wanted to uh, study political science. I always wanted to get into politics or do something uh, related to the ministry. I ended up studying my first degree in political science and uh, somehow I stumbled into the hotel industry. I took a job at the front desk agent, as a front desk agent in, uh, at a Marriott property in Baltimore, Maryland, years and years ago. And I thought I was just going to do it for a little bit, but I ended up sticking around. I loved it so much. Loved all the people I got to meet, at least most of them anyway, most of the people I got to meet and decided to make a career of, uh, of the industry. And I stuck around, went from becoming, from being a front desk agent to becoming uh, a front desk manager, then you know, assistant general manager, and then general manager, and then moved up in my career to the corporate level and uh, worked as COO, CEO, you know, senior VP and all those things. I did all of that prior to ending up with, uh, with uh, IHI. That's awesome. Wow. So you're not on property anymore. Um, but if you were, during these difficult times that we're having right now, mm -hmm. um, so we've got a couple things going on, several things. Mm -hmm. So we've got the pandemic, obviously, mm -hmm. um, short staff mm -hmm. and things like that. We also mm -hmm. have 
uh, the natural disasters that have taken place. And we have, uh, we've got new travelers in the hotel right now. A lot of people are not on vacation. They are literally uh, running for their, li for their lives. And um, we've got the new leisure traveler. Mm -hmm. So what's the message to the people on property um, right now that are serving um, a different clientele from what they normally would uh, service? I learned something that's very profound from you. Uh, you posted something recently where you talked about uh, the fact that we need to be patient. Okay? Mm. People who are working in hospitality need to be patient with the people who are coming in to our hotels. You've got people who are under stress, who are dealing with all kinds of things. Some of them have been displaced. Some of them don't have a job. Some of them don't have a home and they're coming into your facility, our obligation is to take care of them, to smile, to be friendly, and to be patient. So I thought that was really well done. And that's the same message I'm going to echo here. Yeah. We need to be patient. We need to have the spirit of service. We need to be humble in delivering service. We need to sure. be kind to people. And that's just a message that should always apply in all of our interactions with people, not just folks in the hotel industry, in hospitality. Mm -hmm. We need to be patient with other people. We need to be humble. We need to be compassionate. And all of those things, if we do all of those things, we can't possibly go wrong. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and just that, I mean, we're in Houston, so we've dealt with people evacuating uh, from the Louisiana and the, you know, areas around there. And that was something that, I mean, I've been back on property now four weeks, exactly a month. <laughs> and I was, I mean, imagine you start and that's the first big thing you're dealing with. Yeah. And I would, I found myself coming out to the front desk and, you know, I'm, I'm petting dogs and I'm smiling and I'm talking mm -hmm. to people and just taking that time to just explain to a guest, mm -hmm. Hey, we're taking money for incidentals, but this is how that works. Okay. And this is what you're going to see. And just in that moment, I was like, this is scary for all of us. Yeah. You know, people have been through a lot mm -hmm. and a lot of people have been pushed and pressed mm -hmm. on all sides. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so in, in that five, 10 minutes, just showing a bit of kindness mm -hmm. makes such a huge difference. Yeah. So, yeah. That brings me to my next question, Jeffrey, about mm -hmm. the... Um, IHI, mm -hmm. and you've got something called, is it the code of ethics, code of ethics or yes. um, sort of guidelines mm -hmm. by which everybody should, you know, recognize in the mm -hmm. industry. Can you describe that a little bit for us? Yeah, the, the H code is the hospitality code of ethics. What I found really interesting, Nikki and uh, Robin, is the fact that the industry as a whole did not have a global code of ethics governing they governing the industry, which surprised us. And uh, we set out to put one together to frame the H code, the Hospitality Code of Ethics. Mm -hmm. What it does is essentially lays out the template for how we should treat each other. What are our ethical obligations to each other as employer to employee, employee to another employee, employee to a customer, employee to a vendor. So it spells all of that out. It talks about items like diversity, the need for diversity, the need for treating people with dignity the need for competitive fair wages, all of those things that are so critically important, especially in the pan, you know, the post-COVID-19. Uh, post well, mm -hmm. we can't even really post now because we're still dealing with COVID-19. Exactly. <laughs> very much here. So <laughs> the H-Code addresses all of that and lays out a framework to guide practitioners 
on how we should treat each other. And uh, it's really, a really very important uh, piece that was put out. So it's available on IHI's website, internationalhospitalityinstitute.com. You're going to find it there. It was also publicized with a lot of, uh, you know, organizations involved in hospitality. A few of them have adopted it. I'm sure many more are going to adopt it. Mm -hmm. It's free to use. Anyone can use it. Essentially, you know, it's something you can adopt and add to your handbook. If you're an employer, you can just incorporate that into your handbook. I would encourage anyone in our industry to check it out. It really does make sense, especially mm -hmm. in the age that we currently live in, when people, we our industry is struggling quite a bit with finding people to work. And I think the age code addresses a lot of the issues that uh, are currently topical for our industry. Yeah, it's definitely awesome. the it's definitely the blueprint for sure. Mm -hmm. And everybody should go to the website mm -hmm. and, and, and print it out because mm -hmm. it's right there. It's, you don't have to recreate it. Um, it's right there and it, it outlines everything. It um, and if somebody says, Hey, it's hospitality for me, it's like, go down this list absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and check it off. Yeah, and, and you can tell right away yes. if you're the person <laughs> for that position. For, for, for you true. gotta love it. You gotta yeah. love it. For you true. have to love it. Mm -hmm. so true. Um, as we move, like you said, we're not in post-COVID as yet, yes. mm -hmm. but uh, as what have we learned um, over the past several months leading up to two years um, during this time? I think we've learned a few things. I think, you know, a couple of things really, really. One is we should never take our customers for granted, number one, because the business may not always be there. That's right. You know? We should so never true. take them for granted, never, ever. And then we should never take our associates for granted. Mm. And we should pay them the wages that they deserve to be paid. Yeah. We need to pay them fair wages, competitive wages, because if we don't, someone else is going to show up and pay them that wage that we refuse to pay them. Mm -hmm. We should also consider work-life benefit programs that make sense. Yeah. We haven't done an amazing job in that area. I think if you talk to a lot of people who are involved in hospitality, you're going to find that out. You know, Peter Rich has done a lot of research in this area. Yes. He's a great, uh, a great friend of IHI and he's a great yes. advocate for IHI. I tell you, his research and his company's his school's research has shown that what people are looking for is not just a bigger paycheck. They want, they want to have a better work-life balance. Mm -hmm. They want employers who are going to treat them with dignity and respect, who are going to care about their concerns. Those things are important. It's not just you know shutting someone up by writing them a bigger check and say, here you go, shut up, get back to work. Right. That's not going to do it. So mm -hmm. again, let's just learn. We can't take our customers for granted. We mm -hmm. can't take our associates for granted. And we seriously need to do something about the work-life work balance issue yeah. that has been an issue in our industry for so long. It's the elephant in the living room and we can't continue to ignore it or pretend that it's not there. The good yeah. news is that most people that I know, a lot of CEOs that I know of, they get it, they get the message. They're not tone deaf. They know what's happening out there. They sense it. And many of them are actually making the right moves to address the issue. It's not all going to be addressed overnight, but I tell you, right. it needs to be addressed as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So recently, I guess the unemployment benefits have stopped. Mm -hmm. um, and has everybody gone back to work? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <Right>. Correct. <laughs> no. Okay, no, so there's not, not a mad rush back to the hotel no, or back to no. the restaurants? It, it, it has not happened. It has not happened. I think people were waiting for that are going to be sorely disappointed. 
because <laughs> it, has, it has not happened. And, uh, you know, much to the chagrin of those who talk. When you, once you cut off an employment, folks are going to rush to work. But that's not the case. You've got people who are finding gig opportunities, right? Yeah. People who are preferring to go work for Amazon or Instacart mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. whatever else is out there. People who yeah. want to strike out and do their own thing because they want to be independent. They want to feel that like they're in control of their lives. Sure. And those things are important. We need to be able to dig into those issues and see how we can do a better job of, of uh, mm -hmm. pulling people back to work. We've got a beautiful industry. Mm -hmm. We need people to know that. We need to do some things to help people who are hesitant about our industry you sort of yeah. come into our tent and be part of this thing that we call the hospitality. Yeah. That's As a great... Look, oh, I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead, Nikki. Oh, no, I was going to say that's that's a great way to look at it, even as we're trying to bring on uh additional employees uh, at my property. And that's something, I mean, that's like a conversation that we're having that a lot of people that have dedicated a lot of time to our industry, they are not coming back mm -hmm. because they, they, you know, they found the way mm -hmm. doing something else. And it's, it's sad because some of the most talented people I've ever met mm -hmm. have worked in hospitality. Yeah, that's true. And so it's, you know, it's, it, it's true. We have to find that way mm -hmm. to help people get back. And, you know, the old adage of, well, we've always done it this way. <laughs> it's time to let that, you know, it's so like, true. So true. you know, when it's time to change, right? Yeah. The, you know, the past year showed us all mm -hmm. what we're made of and yeah. what the possibilities are and what things can look like. So, so, true. so true. So very eye-opening yeah, yeah. So true. i think covid allowed a lot of introspection it allowed people to look deep within themselves and say is this really what i want to be doing with my mm -hmm. life is this where i want to be are there other options that i can possibly explore is there a way that i can navigate my existence without having to sacrifice certain things that are so critically important to me yeah. and for many of them they just you know the answers they found out it shook them up and they decided you know what i want to take a different path i want to leave my dream. I want to do something different. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, Ralph Waldo Emerson once wrote uh, a line about go in the direction of your dreams, live the life you've always wanted. I think a lot of people wanted to go in the direction of their dreams and chase the life that they've always wanted. And yeah. COVID really sort of was an eye opener, like you rightly mentioned, and allowed them to think and figure out some other options because we always have a choice. At times we think we don't have a choice, but in life we always have a choice. It all we depends on what position. It all depends on what decision we're going to make. We always have a choice. Yeah. You're well right. said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as we move to uh, the future of the industry and we've got, uh, you know, we're grooming the next generation of hospitality leaders. Um, what, what is it that they need to know? Um, how can we help them as veterans mm -hmm. and what can they teach us? Because obviously I think I've got a few more years in me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we need to do a better job and I generalize, so forgive me. And this includes me. I think we need to do a better job of listening yeah. and be less uh, quick to dispense advice. I think when you've been in our industry for so long, people like us, we begin to think, we begin to think that we know it all, right? And we know so much. And we become like an advice dispenser. We're quick to tell people, well, you should do this. You should do this. This is how mm -hmm. you need to do that. Mm -hmm. I think with the younger generation, we need to be more attuned to their needs when it comes to technology. 
We need to yeah. be able to understand it. They learn differently from the way that some of us who are a little bit older learn. You know, yeah. so we need to think about that, how to attract them into what we do. We need to think about flexibility when it comes to work hours, because a lot of the younger generation, they want flexibility. They don't want to come, you know, allow someone to be able to come in maybe at noon or you know, work for four hours, maybe leave for two or three hours and come back. I mean, they're willing to do those things, things mm-hmm. that we typically would not think of, because like Nikki yeah. said, you know, some of us say, well, we've always done it that way. Well, maybe it's time to try something different and not do what we've always done because what we've always done is what's got us to where we are right now, mm-hmm. which is sort of a crisis. If, you know, that's essentially what, we, what we've done yeah. right now. So I think flexibility in terms of scheduling would draw the younger generation, millennials, would make them more likely to work, you know, with us. And they also been able to be better listeners, not always being quick to dispense advice, listen to them and be willing to learn from them. There's a lot that the younger generation can teach us a lot. Mm-hmm. It's I, mean, true. I, can, I can learn a lot from the younger folks <laughs> when it comes to technology, when it comes to a lot of things, but we need to be receptive to that learning and mm-hmm. not think that learning has to be a one-way street. It needs to be an exchange. It needs to be reciprocal. It can't just be us telling them, sharing all this knowledge, but never shutting up to hear from them as well. I totally That's... agree. It's, you know, they, they've always lived with social media and mm-hmm the the smartphone and mm-hmm. and and everything so i think it's very important that we make them feel important and valuable um and not the you know hey boomers that they think we are <laughs> so i am totally i am totally with embracing embracing them and bringing them into the fold and and just you know I want to be a sponge. I want them to teach me. And, you know, at the same time, I want to, um, you know, also, you know, show them what the opportunities are, you know, that I did not take advantage of myself. Like when I look back at my 30 plus career, I'm like, Mm -hmm. why didn't I take that position, you know, Mm -hmm. in Seattle, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was 23, Uh you know, Um, why didn't I go to Dubai for task force? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, and it's all there for them to do. So true. So true. So, so true. You know, I, I'm going to shout it to the rooftops that hospitality is yeah. the greatest, uh, most diverse industry in the entire world. And you can do whatever you want. If it's social it's media, if it's accounting, you know, if it's IT, mm-hmm. um, being a chef. I mean, there's yeah. just so much. Absolutely. So, so much. Yeah. And, and they're doing it so different and it's mm-hmm. so visible. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that I love, because I went from being like the youngest person in, to, in the office to uh-huh. now I'm that person that people would come to and, <laughs> or, or when my coworkers refer to me as yeah. Miss Nikki, I'm like, get away from me. Get away <laughs> oh, from me. I'm yeah. not that person. <laughs> but the, the thing that I love, love, love about mm-hmm working with them is mm-hmm. that they work to live. Mm-hmm. They don't live to mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. You know, they, yeah, they have that, you know, it's like, I'm going to do this. And then I'm, you know, I had one coworker. She's like, I'm going to Rome for two weeks. Mm-hmm. I'll be mm-hmm. back. I'll see y'all later. That's it. Yeah. And, and I'm like, wow, I never, okay, you know, take me with you. That's it. <laughs> I love take it. the auntie. 
Yeah, it's so you, funny. Go in the direction of your dreams, live the life you've always imagined. I mean, that's, that's it. What you're doing. That's you're going it. in the direction of your dreams and living the life you've always imagined. Yeah. <laughs> we know now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do, don't we? <laughs> we 2020 showed us. We, we know yes, now. Yes, exactly. No kidding. Um, I had the great pleasure of working with you on property, Jeffrey, and it was awesome. Um, I ne never met anyone like you in that position. You're very kind. And um, it, it was just... I don't know. I always said, you know, Jeffrey just walks around just so zen. <laughs> so, and, and you kept everybody so motivated and so engaged. Um, we had the rallies on Friday, um, you know, where you would uh, give the GSS scores and, you know, keep everybody informed and communicate, you know, everything that was going on in, in the hotel. Everybody loved and appreciated that. Um, Talk to us a little bit about your, your leadership style, your philosophy relative to um, keeping people motivated and just, you know, like it, it, everything's gonna be okay. This is not brain surgery that we're doing here. Absolutely. I think a gentleman called Robert Greenleaf wrote a book uh, on Soviet leadership, I think back in 1976 or 77. And uh, it's an amazing book and it spawned the whole school of you know, servant leadership, which we all you know, talk about quite a bit. Mm -hmm. That's my personal leadership style. When you, okay. as a leader, you have to be selfless. You have to be humble. You have to put other people first. And uh, so servant leadership really describes my approach to leadership. And Nelson Mandela famously talked about lead from the back. You know, you sit in the back of the room, but you let the people in front, you know, do what they do. Essentially, you're in the back, you're leading from the back, they're in front. And you make them believe that they're in front because they yeah. are in front. So, yeah. It's really important the leader that a leader has to be selfless. A leader has to be willing to give of themselves. A leader has to be humble. A leader has to be caring and kind to the people that they work with. A leader has to lead by example. If you can't be an exemplar, I don't know how you can possibly be an effective leader. So that's my approach. Servant leadership has always worked for me, and it, mm -hmm. that's what it's about. And uh, it's a story about a famous man who washed at the feet of his disciples. And for even people who are not, of you know, a particular de denomination is a story that resonates or should resonate. Mm -hmm. It's a story about humility, about being able to put yourself, you know, be humble and not say, oh, I'm the big shot. And, you know, I'm going to stay on this uh, Mount Olympus and tell everyone else what to do and not be able to come down and work with people. So again, servant leader leadership, that's what it's all about for me. It's always worked for me. And that's my approach to leadership. I love that. I mean, it was just, Love that. it was just so wonderful every day. Everybody was just, you know, happy. They had their assignments. It was like, you know, whatever there, nobody's hair was on fire. And I've worked in so many hotels <laughs> where, where everybody's hair was on fire. And then I'd go into the hotel and Jeffrey would be there in the lobby, you know, and he'd be greeting guests and I was just like, who is this guy? <laughs> how does he do it? Yeah, no, seriously, how does he do it? Um, but it was great. It was really great working with you. It was a blessing to work with you on the team. I had an amazing team. They made me look so much smarter than I actually am. And oh, uh, they just did an amazing job at the hotel. It's a beautiful property. And still is. I haven't been there in years, but just a lovely property. So 
you yeah. did an amazing job, you know, just doing what you did, you know, selling and bringing eternal business to the property, which is why you've, you know, you've been very successful at uh, what you do. So we're very, very blessed. You had a great, a great yeah, time. It was, it was a great, great team. Mm. It really was, really was. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do I have? Uh, talk to us about um, International Hospitality Institute and this global summit that you've got coming up in November. I mean, it's like a star-studded event, two days, and it's free. Yeah, it is. It is. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We've, I keep hearing people say to me, so you guys are really paying. You, you really, your company is really doing this. and You're not charging anyone for it. No, we're not. We're not charging anyone for it. We're defraying the expense of the event. We're paying for it, and it's not uh, a cheap event, so to speak. Yeah, but it's one that we want to do, especially in this you know, era of COVID. Yeah. We want to put something on that's going to be sort of restorative, if you will, yes. to a lot of people. People are going to have the opportunity to meet people that they respect, people that they look up to, people who are their peers and some mentors and all of that. There's a particular gentleman who's going to be speaking at this event, highly accomplished CEO, whose mentor happens to be Horst Shears, Mr. Shears. And he was really you know, excited about the fact that Mr. Shears is going to be the keynote speaker. The yeah. gentleman who co-founded the Riscalton mm -hmm. company is going to be the keynote speaker. So here you've got a gentleman who's highly accomplished, who's a CEO of his own company, who's going to be speaking at this event and is excited about the fact that his mentor is going to be there. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to put together something that's going to be helpful to our industry. It's part of our mission. Our mission is not mm -hmm. only to train and certify people. We're into advocacy work. We're into all kinds of things. We're into, we've got a recognition program we have a top 50 uh, uh, influencers that is going to come out next year. It's actually every May, May of uh, 2022 is going to come out as well. So we, we into a lot of things, but this is what we wanted to do this year, just to celebrate our industry, reconnect a lot of folks and do something that's really grand for the industry. So you're going to have about 50 people, possibly 50 plus speakers at the event, top hospitality leaders, top leaders from different countries all over the globe who are going to be at GHS, Again, the keynote speaker is going to be Mr. Shoes. It's you know a legend in our industry yes. and uh, just highly, highly accomplished. And you've got a ton of people there, people that you know, that you and I know, who are mm -hmm. going to do uh, a great job just uh, connecting with uh, hospitalitarians from all over the world. It's going to be a massive event. I'm really excited about it. You're going to keep hearing about it. And uh, we've got 60 days to go. The countdown is on. Yes, the countdown is on. We're quite excited about GHS. That's awesome. Yeah. And the website yeah. is globalhospitalitysummit.com. Globalhospitalitysummit.com. Yeah. Sign up. I yeah. signed up and I got my registration, so Lovely. I'm ready. Lovely. And it's free. <laughs> it's free. You can catch any session you want. We've got, uh, I think we've got 14 sessions going. The last session is going to be a brand session which uh, Mr. Glenn Horseman is going to host that particular session with. Uh, oh, he's awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Top leaders from different brands. So it's going to be, it's going to be uh, a massive event. Looking forward to it. Yeah. There, I mean, and, it, That's and incredible. it's going to cover and encompass every topic that yeah, you could name yeah. from, you know, from diversity in the hiring yeah. crisis yeah. and Almost. everything that we talk about every day on a daily basis. So I am so excited about that. Absolutely, looking forward to it. So Jeffrey, as we wrap up, tell us something uh, that people don't know about you. 
Uh, the one thing I don't know if a lot of people know is that I write books. I don't often talk about that in my, um, you know, I started talking about that a bit more this day because it, you know, somehow it keeps coming up. So I love to write. That's my passion. Mm-hmm. I love to write. I put out a book of poetry uh, last year, which is actually my first book of poetry. It's called Abraham Lincoln is not dead. So that came out last year and I've written, you know, different books, fiction, nonfiction, thrillers, literary work. So it's something I'm very passionate about. If I was not in hospitality, mm-hmm. I'd be working you know, fully as a writer, but, you know, it's something I'm very passionate about. So that's one thing I think uh, some folks may be, you know, may not know about me. Yeah. Wow. My favorite is um, the woman. Oh boy. The woman who? The woman who. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's yeah, so kind. good. You're kind. Um, it, yeah. It's wonderful. You're kind. Um, Thank you. So give us your message of hope and optimism for the future of our industry. I think for folks who are out there in the trenches, working every day, just giving it their best, I encourage you to keep pushing forward. Brighter days are ahead of us and it's going to get better. Just keep hanging in there. Remember that what you're doing, you're doing something that's noble. You're changing lives. You're putting a smile on people's faces. The little boy who comes into the hotel, the lady who's traveling with, you know, with her children, the guy who's had a long day at work and is doing a project for his company. All of these people are coming into your hotel. They need your kindness. Be kind to them. Be patient to them. They need you now even more than ever. So keep that in mind. And also what you're doing is very important. Don't forget that. You're not just laying the bricks. You are building a house. At times when we forget the big picture, right? We, you know, we think, oh, I'm just doing this piece. You're not just laying the bricks, you're building a house. That's a big picture. So thank you for all that you do and keep uh, pushing forward. Brighter days ahead. I love that. Great message. That's, that's where we end. Jeffrey, thank you so thank much. You so much. <laughs> you're so Thanks awesome. And we Thanks appreciate you so much for, uh, for taking time. We know that you're super busy and, um, and we really do appreciate everything that you do. Um, and we're going to continue to follow IHI and uh, we'll be ready for the summit coming up in 60 days. Absolutely. 60 no, days. November, November 9 and 10. Thank you. Thanks, Nikki, for having me. Awesome. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Robin, for having Thank me. Thank you so much. Thanks for all that you're doing. Keep uh, bearing the lights, carrying the light, uh, the touch of hospitality and just keep doing that, doing exactly what you do every day. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Sure. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. We thank you for listening to Don't Look Under the Bed. You can continue to support the show by subscribing and sharing. Hospitality, that's our business.